Welcome to the first episode of Thinking Out Loud, or Thinking Out Louder. So why the name? Well, because I'm not going to really have solid opinions on any of the topics we're talking about, and me and sometimes friends of mine will navigate through these subjects together, probably making fun of everything about them, and also trying to figure out some you know, middle ground if we have disagreements, or to just kind of explore things that people don't want to and uh first off i'm gonna start with no i'm not right wing yes i am left wing i am in canada and i'm very liberal but uh i'm gonna i already know what's coming i'm gonna get called a lot of things and people are gonna think i'm racist etc it's gonna be fun i can't wait so you know I kind of want to cover topics that aren't just in every podcast and in the news cycle, which is how you get more followers and how you trend. So maybe it's not the best pathway, but anyone who is uh, listening to this, thank you very much because there's no structure yet. I have no idea where this is going to go or what kind of guests I'm going to get on, but I have a good feeling about it. A lot of you guys probably came over from the debauchery metal podcast, which I'm not going to get to do a whole lot anymore. Uh, In the winter, it'll pick back up. I've got like 70 submissions to review, song reviews or something. I think I'll work on my a new metal channel for my music and keep this channel for, you know, personal, fuck, I don't know what to call it, you know, podcasts, videos, comedy, miscellaneous. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. The Twitter purge has begun. Oh my God, Justin Bieber and Katy Perry among Twitter users hit hardest by follower purge. That's fucking hilarious. Katy Perry lost 2.8 million followers overnight, and I'm not laughing or excited about it. About Like, I don't dislike Katy Perry. It's just I find fucking Twitter stupid and hilarious. <laughs> and it's also kind of funny to see the mainstream, I don't know, just kind of fall, dwindle apart. Oh, even Barack Obama was hit. So were they fake accounts? That's kind of what I want to know here. Earlier this week, Twitter said tens of millions of accounts previously locked due to suspicious activity will be removed from its follower accounts. The social network said most people will lose four followers or fewer, but prominent Twitter accounts will experience more significant drop. So analytics from Keyhole track the impact of the purge on the 100 most popular accounts on Twitter. The list reads like a who's who of U.S. pop culture. And uh, this is on money.cnn.com. Oh, my God. Oh, well, Donald Trump only lost 204,000 of 53.3 million followers. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Justin Bieber lost 2.7 million, and Obama lost 2.4 million. That's fucked up. Even Twitter's own account lost 12% of its following. Or about 7.8 million viewers. They made it by far the biggest loser. Oh, wow. Microsoft co-founder and philanthropist Bill Gates lost 900,000 followers. Donald Trump lost, like, the least. That's pretty crazy. LeBron James, 880,000 followers. Crazy. You know what? I hope Twitter perishes. And I'm pretty sure, like, psychological tests have shown that it's 
causes depression as well as Facebook, like overuse of it, which seems to translate into anything. Overuse of anything bad for your head. Julian fucking Assange. I just fucking saw this. I'm so stoked. Wait, it's not very classy to swear all the time, eh? No, seriously, though. So Julian Assange scores major legal victory as court orders safe passage of WikiLeaks founder out of the embassy. Holy fucking shit. I've been... Okay, so what actually got me into the whole, like, Trump fucking media bullshit, like, why I started following this, like, narrative, is Julian Assange. When Not, not way back when, not in the beginning, but... I don't know, maybe like five, six, seven, eight years ago. It's a big range, but somewhere in there, I couldn't stop following what was happening to Julian Assange. It was just very provoking. I was like, there's more to this or something. I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch, but you know, I just, I jumped way in there at that point. And all the people I really liked, uh, online personalities and just famous people in general with a voice. Uh, the ones I liked really started, well, actually, they split in about 50% group, like, uh, into two groups. One group being, uh, <laughs> like, Stephen Colbert, who was once one of my favorite comedians, all of a sudden was just doing the same shitty hit pieces as everyone else. And no, I do not like Trump, but, you know, uh, if... That's all you have to offer as a comedian. I mean, there's just no value. There's no value in what you're doing. <clears throat> Anyways, so Julian Assange, major legal victory. The Inter-American Court of Human Rights based in Costa Rica is a multinational independent judicial body which handles court cases relating to the human rights of individuals in or affected by the laws of the member states of the Organization of American States. So at the present time, it's comprised of every North American, Central American, and South American nation. But Venezuela has expressed a desire to withdraw from the body. And today, the court ruled that it's the duty of nations to allow for the passage of successful asylum seekers from embassies to the mainland territory of the state that has granted an individual asylum. So according to the court's decision... Britain has a legal obligation to allow Julian Assange to exit the embassy in London in peace and allow for a safe transit to an airport from which he would be able to fly to Ecuador, the country that has granted Assange asylum and where he is now also holds formal citizenship. Hmm. So the court declared... Territorial and Diplomatic Asylum. So I'm just going to get right down to the bare bones. When's the date? What happened already? I have to keep looking into this. Looking into it with Eddie Bravo. Well, it looks like Julian Assange's. So that was from Your Age of Future. Let's see what Telesur has to say about it. What's with all this shit? Like, Julian Assange being, like, right-wing? Not even close. 
Julian Assange, although may have an agenda, I don't fucking know. He's definitely not some right-wing dude, some racist right-wing crazy guy. The Inter-American Court of Human Rights ruled on Friday to seek asylum in embassies and other diplomatic compounds. So the ruling included a mandatory safe process and obligation to states to provide a safe passage to those granted asylum. Okay, it did not name Julian Assange, but the ruling was deemed a huge victory for WikiLeaks founder. Okay, so there's more to this. It's it's maybe, is it actually about the specific case, or did they just change a law that will help his position? Huh. I'm going to keep following this, see where it goes. I mean, the internet's been so quiet about this guy for so long. Sorry about the audio, guys. My mic stand is not set up properly right now. I just need a few days. Barely get time at home. Apparently this year, the age of consent is 12 in Mexico. So in Mexico, a federal law establishes age of 12 as the minimum age of consent. The Mexican age of consent is one of the lowest in the world. I mean, it's 2018, man. 12-year-olds, just no... So, in some cases, apparently, the state laws can be overridden by federal law. But, in practice, the decision to prosecute is left to state authorities. So, it's going to be state-by-state level, whether or not they find it acceptable. But, that's disgusting. Fuck. At the state level, the minimum age of consent varies between 12 and 15. So, obviously, people from all over North America and different parts of the world are just going to go there and use it as a haven for disgusting shit. Like, that's gross. Yeah, state by state. More like rich people can do it, poor people can't. Not that anyone should. Oh, my God. So, Article 261 of the Federal Criminal Code states that whoever performs a sexual act with a person under 12 will be punished with a term of two to five years in prison. Jesus, that's a short short sentence for being a piece of shit. If the offender uses moral or physical violence, an extra half term is added to the initial sentence. Now, that makes sense. So a man who has sex with a six-year-old might go to prison for two years. But if he forces her, he might go for three. I'm getting angry, like, just reading this. I can't even help it. So Article 266 states that it's equivalent to rape and will be punished with the same penalty. Who, without violence, performs a copulation with a person under 12? My God, that's... It's 2018. Can you imagine this is even real? So all the states have estupro laws, that's E-S-T-U-P-R-O, because I definitely butchered that, that can, upon complaint of the family or of the minor, be used to prosecute adults who engage in sexual intercourse with minors or seduction or deceit. 
but it's still legal if they don't trick them. If they're 12 years old, you're tricking them. Period. Aha. Uh-huh. But Article 175 of the Federal District Criminal Code refers to Article 174, which stipulates a term of 6 to 17 years of prison for the rape of adults. What the fuck? Okay, so in Mexico, you get more time for raping an adult than you rape a child. By the way, I'm not anti-Mexican or racist or trying to push a narrative here. Just an interesting story that I came across today. Consensual sex with adolescents aged 12 to 18 when consent is obtained through any means of deceit. The penalty is just six months to four years. And the crime needs a complaint to be prosecuted. So I'm just reading this from an article on frankreport.com and I have no idea how valid their stories are. But I'm just mostly reading the parts that cite their sources. Except for this sentence here that they put together. In short, by law in Mexico, an adult can have sex with a girl or boy as young as 12, but the child must understand what he or she is doing. No trickery or force can be used to induce consent. Few appear to be prosecuted in Mexico, according to published reports. Now, this is a hit piece on some guy named Keith Rainier, which sadly I don't even know. So maybe that's what the next video will be about, or rant. Yeah, so that's my first disgusting thing that I heard about today. Another thing that I'm way late on the ball on this one. I mean, I, I've known about it, but didn't really check into it until today. But the administration separating, the Trump administration, separating children from their families when they cross the border... I mean, there's no way they would do that to just anyone. It's obviously just Mexicans or Arabs, so that's disgusting. Like, you don't have the right to take a child away from their parents. They're they're looking for a job. They're getting away from their quote-unquote shitholes. Yes, illegally, and I don't think we should just let people in our borders without keeping track of them. I mean, we need, we have social security's numbers. Like, why would they get an easier pass than us, right? I'm just thinking out loud here, by the way. Totally. Just free-flowing. It's not even an opinion. It's just sort of thinking about it. It's really hard to say. Trying to put myself in those shoes, and you'd have to be in a pretty bad place to want to take your entire family and risk your life just to get to another country so uh, the solution I think might be you know legislative and cultural these people need we need solutions it's not coming out right we need to set up a system that integrates people into our society and our culture in a mutually beneficial fashion that's 
seamless and also uh, stringent. So we keep crime at lower rates and then people can't use uh, crime rates as a reason to stop people from coming in because that's the very common narrative with the right. The right likes to say that, oh, well, the immigrants came in and then the crime went up, especially when they're talking about immigrants from the Middle East. So if we actually had better systems, we wouldn't have the issues like we have in some of Europe where there are like no-go zones apparently. I don't know how valid that is, but again, that's an example of a side using rising crime rates as a reason to not want immigration. So if your system is set up to give people work and integrate them into the culture, understand maybe how we think, how we treat each other, because I don't think we should change our culture and laws based on the majority if we're letting people come in from all over the world in mass numbers. I think it's important to educate them and then get them into the workforce. I know that all costs money. So that's that's the part of this that I haven't really figured out yet. Definitely the solution is not taking people's kids away from them. It's so gross. And for those of you who are not from Canada and don't know, but that is where I am from. And we are pretty socialist. I mean, open borders, basically. If you get caught sneaking into Canada, we let you in anyways. And you know what? I love Canada and the socialist experiment that it is. And if it wasn't for free health care, I'd probably be dead. My parents couldn't afford some of the things I needed as a child. It was very serious uh, surgeries and tests, lots of fun things. Would have run them thousands and thousands of dollars in the States, which they wouldn't have been able to afford at that time. And then there's the argument that, you know, they took our jobs. But I heard a really good point the other day, which was it doesn't matter what your race is or even where you're located. The only thing you can do right now to ensure your success is find a way to get to school. And if not school, just learn technical skills however you can and prove that you have them. Because with the rise of automation and as things just get more efficient and easier as time goes by anyway, the means of production will require much less labor. And right now you're seeing a rise in demand for technical skills. And that's where the good jobs are. Not only the well-paying jobs, but you know, the less physically demanding, the less stressful. You actually get to rise the ladder in technical jobs as you improve skills in whatever it is that you may be doing.
No, Trump is the ultimate hot topic, isn't he? Uh, there's there's a part of the whole Trump thing that is really funny, and I really like. But there's obviously, as I just went over, don't agree with the entire administration, what they do, their policies. But on the on just this the shit show that it was, I've been following the narrative since. Since really Julian Assange was the center focus, so like 2015, maybe 2014, it's like, oh, this this is going to be really interesting. So the entire fucking force of the media comes down on Donald Trump. He's all over Fox News because they're supporting him. And all the other news sites are just, you know, hit pieces, late night shows. You can't turn on the TV without a hit piece on Donald Trump or a joke or just Donald Trump. He's just fucking everywhere. And then they get surprised that he gets elected. Mm. So what is it that I enjoy enjoy about it? It's just that stage presence, man, and uh, the non-traditional method, the non-orthodox way that it all just unraveled. It was funny at first, but um, it's ridiculous that Donald Trump is the president. It's actually ridiculous. I don't even need to say why. I mean, if you just listen to Donald Trump at his rallies, it's hilarious. I mean, (laughs) I think it's the only reason he got elected. It's like, so, and, you know, there's also the reason that Bernie Sanders got screwed over by his own party. And I have to admit, I was a huge Bernie supporter before all that shit went down. I think he's too old now to run for office. I mean, there's no reason to put him in now in the next election. So I've seen some interesting clips lately, particularly Norm Macdonald on The View, I think like 20 years ago, somewhere around that area. And he's fucking talking about Bill Cosby, Bill Clinton, and really hinting at like a lot of crazy shit. And I don't know if you know this, but Norm Macdonald actually like (laughs) back in uh, the SNL days, he would constantly rip on Michael Jackson for being a pedophile. Like before... I think maybe even the court cases. It was retarded, the shit he would say. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to play the audio of that clip, and we're going we're gonna to laugh very hard at it. Okay, so here's Norm MacDonald on The View uh, about Bill Cosby and fucking Bill Clinton. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's not... Uh a uh, lie or a crook murder or anything like that. So it'd be good to get the, see, I, I don't, I think we should get the homicide out of the White House and get like a, a, a fresh start because we don't want any more murderers. I yeah, think we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. <laughs> murderers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton, he murdered a guy. Yeah, you know, we're not allowed <laughs> no, to, you're not no, allowed no, to put out no, no, no accusations with that. That's a little Charlie. too that's far. That's the way it does let's work. Just, let's just go on to the next question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is not my week. What can I tell you? <laughs> oh, it's not mine either. And I'm being very nice, okay? <laughs> Be a good boy. Now, Norm. Do you never hear that? No. Listen, no, we don't need I to don't talk get about into this. this. And I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Let's oh. get on with it. Exactly. <laughs> so get with it. There you go. This is a live show. Not for Norm, but you have been properly chastised by Barbara. So I'm not going to ask the next question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut no. up. Uh, Shut up. Look, 
shame. Let me do this, okay? okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what's a matter of record. You will not be invited back if you don't shut up. Uh, All right, uh, now. <laughs> Let's talk football. All right, man, manslaughter. Let's talk football. <laughs> oh, Norm, Norm, We're, did you ever hear the word? Oh, oh I, the oh, phone is ringing. I certainly hope that somebody calling Please. to tell you to go home. Oh, no. Would you got a phone ringing. Oh. <laughs> Um, answer the phone. Hello? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, no. Uh, the thing is this. There, uh, you know Matt Strauss? Yeah, the producer. <laughs> the producer. He told me it would be funny. He said, like, why don't you carry a cell phone on and then let it ring and then have, pretend like there's a guy on it. Is there anybody on it? No, it's a pret thing. Pretend. You know what, Norm? <laughs> You're a dead man. <laughs> Yeah, you talk you know to him what, You know what, Barbara? Barbara? You know what you said about rage and work? Give this man a plate of soup and tell him to shut up! <laughs> Norm, please. All right, then. Norm, uh, let's see. Norm, 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 Norm. What? Okay, listen, Norm. Norm, listen. Not only have you annoyed us, <laughs> but that you, was I've read that you have, you have actually annoyed one of your idols. Who is that? Oh, the great Bill Cosby. Yeah, what'd you do? Oh, my God, I love that guy. He's my hero, you know, just like you, maybe George, or uh, Bill Clinton would be your hero. <laughs> I, I love, I love. There's no stopping you, is there? No, I used to, to like Bill Clinton. There really, and this man leads into our show on Friday night. I know. It's all right, his career's over after this anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Go ahead, Norm. No, Bill Clinton, who's a great man, obviously. Well, you know, everybody has their opinions, right? Mm -hmm. Are you moving along? No, Bill Cosby. Get to the point? Bill Cosby. Oh, Cosby. Oh, God. Cosby. Cosby. What's in that coffee? What are you drinking in there? Well, Bill Cosby is a great man, first okay. of all. There has never been any accusations toward Bill Cosby about... Any. Will you just tell us what you did for Bill Cosby? Oh, I, no, I, I met him. I, I opened for him at a, at a club. And he was a great man, you know. He's my hero of all time. You know how funny Bill Cosby yeah, is, Yeah, right? so I'll get to the point. <laughs> I'm going past menopause. Yeah. <laughs> Make the point. Not everything has a point. <laughs> we are There's learning that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Norm, you want to finish the story, or shall I ask you the next thing? Well, the Bill Cosby thing is this. Dear God. I, I uh, met Bill Cosby. We're all fans of Bill Cosby, right, Bummer? Yeah. What? Yes. Why don't we talk about the millionaire? Oh, yeah. You know what? Tonight, Norm yeah, and I... please. The, in, I like Bill Cosby. Norm Let's talk about the millionaire. Great. Norm McDonald and I are on The Millionaire tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, tell him about that, how, how you thought he's dumb today. Where do you see yeah. him tonight? <laughs> Come on, Norm. Tell him, Norm. People always told me Hollywood was like incredibly liberal of bias, and I thought it was untrue. But you want to talk about the millionaire? Yes, I okay, do. We, you I have do. ten seconds don't tell to talk about the millionaire. Uh, don't tell how much Don't tell him what I want. No. Oh. You're not allowed to tell anything like that. Well, oh. what are you trying to ask him then? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't answer anything anyway. So right. we'll tell okay, so he's on The Millionaire tonight, and he's on on Friday nights, and... Uh... And on Monday, his taxes will be audited. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on Friday nights at 9. He's on The Millionaire at 9. You can play along at home on Enhanced TV. You are a number. I have never met anything like you. We will be right back.
It's fucked up. So he's clearly calling out Bill Cosby for being accused of rape and calling out fucking Bill Clinton for murder. And they just dug into him. Barbara Walters like had no patience for him at all. This is an old clip too. Anyways, uh, I've always known who Norm was, but when I saw that the other day, I'm officially a Lifetime fan. I'm going to be from now on. The guy's fucking hilarious. Okay, now we're going to talk about weed. kind of want to talk a little bit about pot use. The old marijuana, the old Mary Jane. Now, I've been smoking pot since I was 19, so that's about nine years. And, I mean, every day. Now it's, well, not when I'm working, but before I really got uh, back into being productive, member of, a productive member of society and doing okay for myself again, I was kind of just running around smoking pot like crazy and not doing a whole lot with my life. Uh, I thought pot was making the experience better and more manageable, and I was using it to treat depression and anxiety instead of actually finding a lifestyle that will remove the depression and anxiety from my life. Uh, as I grow older, my relationship with it seems to improve like pretty significantly, but I almost kind of don't want to smoke it that often anymore now it's it's mostly just a matter of habit <clears throat> and like nine year habit's pretty hard to kick it's a strong brain pattern it's built into my coffee my waking up and my going to sleep <clears throat> but uh i think because we look at marijuana as much more acceptable these days uh we kind of enable it a little too much now, not everywhere, not everyone, and, you know, not everything is the same for everyone. But in most cases, pot will reduce the potential of an individual if used frequently. And trust me, I know everyone's different. I can smoke pot and just go 16 hours of labor a day and then do podcasts and shit. But I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> Silent, awkward silence after that statement. <coughs> But I think uh, there's a lot of cases where people's mental Ill illness issues, mental health issues could be relieved a lot uh, more long-term, sorry, with a more long-term vision and effect if uh, instead of getting high, you find productive things that get you high, give you dopamine, and that are more productive for your life and move you forward and doesn't cost, you know, however much dollars. Long day, guys. And it doesn't cost however many dollars a day. It's a waste of money. I was at a point where I was smoking an eighth to a quarter every fucking day, man. It's fucked up. But um, I caught that pretty quick. And, you know, I've been trying to smoke less and less as time goes by. But anyone who actually knows me personally knows that I still smoke a lot of fucking weed. And if any of you guys are my clients... It's like not while I'm cleaning your roofs and shit, but yeah, it's just a really good pain reliever, but uh, just like most narcotics, you lean on it a little bit, like it, it kind of helps you get through the end of the day or the a stressful time of the day. Maybe you like, you get an argument with a friend or something or an employee or, or an employer or a coworker and it 
just riles you up and you can't think and you're just like fuck in your head you're just trying to work and get things done right and you know you're already broke you're working a shit job or something like yeah it's fucking uh it helps you pull yourself back together in those days and kind of humbles you and helps you appreciate life but as i said before obviously it doesn't work the same for every single person i mean there's no way it can that's it's crazy to expect something like that One thing I did find that helped uh, back when I was less of a doing less dangerous work is I would smoke sativas through the day. Everyone knows this, really, I guess, and indicas, you know, at night. But as my tolerance grew, I was just like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. I can smoke whatever. And even though I was smoking indicas and thought that I was fine. Uh, when I stopped smoking heavier weed in the daytime, I noticed a huge increase in productivity and just mental well-being and less crashing and burning out. So I think it's super important to have a good relationship with something that powerful as well. But, you know, different for everyone. And now, much less about personal use and how pot affects productivity, I wanted to talk about Bill C-46. So here in Canada, the cops have passed a bill uh, where... Uh, road laws pertaining to impaired driving, specifically to people who drive with THC in their system. The main things to consider with Bill C-46. So, yeah, police will be permitted to administer roadside blood tests. Cops will be permitted to demand a breathalyzer from anyone, with or without reasonable suspicion. So they do not need probable cause to see if you are driving with anything in your system. A criminal record will be given if breathalyzer test is refused. This is obstruction of justice. Legal limits for THC in your system is set under two nanograms. Anything two nanograms or above is a crime. Uh, I'm going to have to stop smoking pot completely. This is fucked up. So section 320.282A in Bill C-46 would permit a police officer to either demand that a person submit to an evaluation by an evaluating officer or under section 320.282B to directly demand the person to give a blood sample to determine their blood drug concentration. The procedure in both current and proposed legislation is consistent in requiring the evaluation officer to conduct a formal evaluation before requesting a bodily substance. However, section 320.282B in C-46 would permit a police officer to bypass the evaluating officer and go directly to a blood demand. Less qualified officers would have authority to make a blood demand on reasonable grounds, while more formally qualified evaluating officers would have to complete a formal evaluation before formulating grounds to make the same demand. What the fuck is this shit? So the source is CBA for this. So the definition of a qualified technician for blood work is now going to include police officers. So we have a $1,000 fine for 2 to 5 nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood. Summary offense. A $1,000 fine for 10 years or 10 years in jail time for 5 or more nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood. $1,000 fine or 10 years in jail time, both alcohol and THC and blood. 
phone. Yeah, okay. Booze, I understand. <clears throat> We've been crossing way too many lines in Canadian law lately that are just fucked up. This one's so obvious. It's hidden as a marijuana bill legalization, and it's just... It appears as a freedom, but it's actually a robbery of your rights. Just like uh, C-16, the amendments to B-6, C-16, sorry. Not that transgender people shouldn't be hated against, but when the government tells you what you can and have to say, what you have to say, it's uh, it's an infringement on your rights. There's, there's no gray area. It's, it either is or it is not, and that 100% is. So, in a nutshell, the police can now pull you over, demand saliva, and blood tests with no actual reason for suspicion, and the devices that will be used for these tests are known to give false readings. Fuck's sakes. Not to mention the lack of accuracy between THC blood levels versus driving impairment. It's way too much power. Way too much power for the cops. The actual date is slated for October 17th, so just four months from now. So what are these solutions? That's that's what I need to think about. We need a driving service for people who use, especially medically. Fuck, dude. Pot affects everyone differently. I ended my last little bit on pot on that. I know people who can smoke pot all day long and they're not even slowing down or groggy or spaced out. There's no way the testing is accurate. I'm I'm no scientist, but fuck's sakes. I don't have any solutions. That's kind of the the problem here. Hmm. So I just dug up an article at cbc.ca. The conservatives are leading the opposition to the random roadside testing in Bill C46. Holy fuck, I never would have thought the liberals are against the stoners and the goddamn conservatives are for them. Yeah, it violates the Charter of Rights, of course. There's no fucking question about it. The article reads, conservative senators are, conservative senators are leading the charge to water down legislation aimed at cracking down on impaired driving. The Senate's Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee has voted to delete a provision from Bill C-46 that would authorize police to conduct a random roadside test, breath, breathalyzer test, Jesus Christ, breathalyzer test without needing to have reasonable grounds to suspect the driver may be impaired by alcohol. The move was proposed late Wednesday by conservative Senator Denise Batters, I guess, Baters, on the grounds that the provision is likely to violate the Charter of Rights and would therefore be struck down by the court as unconstitutional. So pot legalization will go ahead even if the impaired driving law isn't ready. So she won the backing of four other conservative senators on the committee, as well as the committee chair, liberal independent Senator Serge Joyle, Joyal, a constitutional expert in his own right. Five independent senators voted against deleting the provision, including Senator Mark Gold, who is also a constitutional law expert, while one other liberal independent abstained. 
So C46 is a companion bill to government legislation to legalize recreational marijuana. But the provision the committee voted to delete is meant to apply only to alcohol impairment. Mothers Against Drunk Driving is fucking supporting the bill. God damn it. Okay, a CTV article reads that the liberals are rejecting major Senate changes to impaired driving bill. The liberal government is rejecting two key amendments the Senate has made to the impaired driving bill. Known as Bill C-46, the legislation is meant to accompany Bill C-45, which will legalize recreational marijuana in Canada. Bill C-46, as it was introduced, changes impaired driving laws to give policy, or sorry, to give police new powers to conduct roadside intoxication tests. Yeah, we've been through this including oral fluid drug tests and make it illegal to drive within two hours of being over the legal limit. And as a, yeah, it's the same story. It's just kind of worded to make it look like the liberal government is helping stoners. So if anyone is listening and you do know uh, more about this bill when it's supposed to come in effect, and most importantly, if there are any initiatives to fight back against it, because I would love to know, I would love to share anything. I couldn't seem to find anything straight through Google. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. All right, guys, that's Thinking Out Louder, episode one. Thank you so much for uh, joining me, if you did. And uh, yeah, I hope you stick around. It's going to get more interesting as time goes on. I'm going to get a guest on every fucking episode. I hope so. And uh, I love you.